you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, and that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. everybody it's monday september 26 2022 welcome to the nfl fantasy football show it's me your man mg marcus grand joined by michael f florio and the specialists the cast of dozens that help us put on this show yeah fired up uh it is a busy monday for you we got plenty to talk about got some injuries to kind of go over and uh, plenty of other things to chat about but florio Last time we had one of our podcasts on Wednesday, you were saying that you thought that it was a big game for the Dolphins. It was a measuring stick game for them, and it meant more to them. Uh, they ended up getting the win. So do you want to revise how you feel in retrospect now? Uh, I, I was salty in the moment yesterday a little bit, but uh, it was just one of those weird games, right? Like credit to Miami. Their, their defense played great. Tua and the offense got the job done. But it was just a weird game where like every single one of the Bills players were like getting fluids and cramping on the sidelines. I've never seen anything like that. You know, it's weird. Like I, I saw that. And I'm like, well, you know, who would have thought it'd be warm uh, in, Miami <laughs> in, in September? Uh, but also I remember a game. Jeez, this was years ago. I think it was like a, an Eagles Cowboys game where like there was a story that the Eagles were drinking pickle juice ahead of the game uh, to try and keep themselves hydrated. I don't know if the Bills want to try that. I, I mean, I don't know if it's gonna be if it's gonna matter the rest of this year, but uh, maybe that's something to, to remember. Like to try try drinking pickle juice. Uh, <laughs> couldn't be me. I don't like pickles, so I can't imagine uh, willingly drinking pickle juice to to try and keep hydrated. Anyway. Uh, we got plenty to talk about. We got our biggest takeaways from what we saw on Sunday. We've got some waiver wire targets. Of course, we've also got some guys to drop. Uh, and we're going to actually take a look at some Madden ratings as well and see maybe who's going to get a boost based on what they did this past weekend. But let's start with some fantasy headlines. Uh, we will start in Detroit, where according to our own Tom Pelissero, DeAndre Swift 
suffered sh a shoulder sprain on Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. It's not expected to require surgery, but he could miss some time. I mean, Florio, this first off is a big blow to anybody who had Swift because he was playing very well this season. But also, uh, it makes Jamal Williams very much in play now, I guess. Yeah, Jamal Williams has to be one of the top waiver wire names. He was already carving out a nice role for himself. Like, he leads the league and carries inside the 10-yard line while Swift only has one all year. So, Williams was already carving out a nice role for himself, but you have to think with no Swift, it only gets larger and larger. Yeah, it's going to get bigger. Uh, Craig Reynolds, I believe, is also going to be probably involved a little bit uh, in that backfield, but I think it's going to be a heavy dose of Jamal Williams. Uh, in Minnesota, I guess – uh, other side of that same game from Sunday. Dalvin Cook suffered a dislocated shoulder. He is considered day-to-day. -day. Now, apparently, this is not the first time he has dislocated this shoulder. Uh, I would think Alexander Madison probably not much on waiver wires, but obviously that seems like the uh, appropriate corresponding move just as a precaution. Yeah, if he is out there and you have Dalvin Cook, I think he has to be your top ad this week. Uh, he, he's still there in some leagues, but yeah, Dalvin Cook, I mean, we might get an answer to this because they're flying out to London on Friday, so maybe we'll know by then. Uh, yeah, you know, it's weird. I had somebody in my mentions uh, yesterday who was completely out on Dalvin Cook. He says, I'm done. I don't want any more part of it. I'm like, you could trade him to me if we were in the same league. <laughs> I, would, I would definitely take Dalvin Cook off your hand. I'm not that concerned with him yet. Uh, David Montgomery left the game with a leg injury on Sunday. He is considered day-to-day. I know we'll, we'll talk a little bit about you know, Khalil Herbert probably a little bit later on in the show, but he was amazing. I mean, how much concern do you have that maybe Montgomery's going to start losing opportunities based on what we saw? I, I think it definitely has to be a concern. We, we saw it in a game earlier this year where Herbert vultured a touchdown away. Uh, and, and then yesterday, that was my initial reaction. And then we found out that Montgomery was hurt. I know this is like the third time I'm saying it already, but if you have Montgomery or just all things in a vacuum, uh, Khalil Herbert is right up there with Jamal Williams to be the number one uh, waiver wire pickup of the week. I think we just need to find out a little bit more about each injury before we kind of rank them. But those guys are definitely the top two right now. Definitely uh, keep an eye on what's going to happen with all of those running backs because that's going to be important heading into week four. Uh, some quarterback news. Mac Jones suffered an ankle injury late in the Patriots game on Sunday. Now, x-rays were negative after the game, but according to both Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero, uh, reports are it is a pretty severe high ankle sprain. The timetable for his return is to be determined, but Florio, it looks like he's going to miss at least a month, maybe a little bit more. I'm not going to sit here and try and pretend that we want any part of Brian Hoyler, Hoyer or Bailey Zappi or whoever it is that takes over at quarterback. But now the question is, we were just starting to get some things going with this passing game a little bit. How much do we stay away now from guys like Devontae Parker, Jacoby Myers, et cetera? Yeah, I think you stay firmly away if Mac Jones is going to miss a month or, or something like that. Uh, I, I was getting excited about them. Devontae Parker looked great yesterday. Jacoby Myers was someone that we had spoke up. Uh, coming into this week, I know he didn't play, but he had been playing well. To me, if Mac Jones misses time, I think it's Ramondre Stevenson, it's Damian Harris, and that's really it that you can trust uh, for fantasy purposes in New England. And we saw a little bit of the Ramondre Stevenson breakout uh, in week three for the, the New England Patriots. Uh, all right, that gets us to our biggest fantasy takeaways from Sunday. We had previously been calling this Things I Learned, and we would each pick one. But now we sort of collab and we come up with five things that we saw that uh, I think are worth noting from this past weekend of action. So for you, what is the first takeaway you had from what you saw this weekend? It happened. Damian Pierce is the lead <laughs> running back for the Houston Texans, and it was great to see. Yesterday, he played 61% of the snaps. He had 20 carries for 80 yards and a touchdown, added in two catches on two targets, 21 yards, scored 18 PPR points. And what I love, Marcus, is he dominated the work on the ground. He got the goal line work there. They used to play action pass with him in the red zone. So he's getting all the work we want. The only thing he needs to continue to – Takeaway, and I think it'll happen, is just more work from the passing game. And, and he's already getting involved there. We just got to see if he can take over now more and more as the season goes on. It's, I appreciate the fact that Lovey Smith has said, you know, we want to get him more involved. We want to work him in more. And they're actually sticking to it. Uh, it just makes me wonder, like, what happened in week one? Why was it you know, such a heavy dose of Rex Burkhead in week one? And now all of a sudden they're willing to just turn things over to Pierce. I don't know, but I'm just glad to see it is what it is. Uh, for me, 
it's time to worry about DJ Moore. Uh, it's been three weeks, and not only has he not had the big breakout, he hasn't really done anything of note in this offense. His target share is way down from what it was a year ago. He's having trouble connecting with Baker Mayfield on anything. Uh, when they do catch passes, they're very short. There's just not a lot of juice in this Panthers passing game, and DJ Moore really seems to be suffering for it. I'm not ready to drop him. I, we're going to talk about guys uh, that are droppable a little bit later on in the show, but Florio, I am really, really starting to panic about DJ Moore just because I haven't seen anything from the Panthers that makes me think this is going to suddenly you know, turn into a big game-breaking offense soon. Yeah, I posted it earlier today, but you pick a stat basically through three weeks, and it's lower. It's a worse stat than it for DJ Moore than it has been in the last three years, where we were thinking that this was a quarterback upgrade in D, in Baker Mayfield. It just it's been anything but for the first three weeks. And if you have him, I think you have to be very worried right now. So we go from a current Panthers wide receiver to a guy who's a former Panthers wide receiver that uh, you're feeling really good about. Yeah, I think Curtis Samuel is in play every single week now. Like, in a game yesterday that was awful, awful for fantasy purposes for most of the day for Washington, Curtis Samuel was, like, the one bright spot. Like, there was a point in this game, Marcus, where he uh, Carson Wentz through, like, three quarters was at, like, 100 passing yards or something like that. But Curtis Samuel was still getting all the volume. Yesterday, 10 targets, 7 catches, 48 receiving yards. He added in 3 carries for 13 yards. He now has... He's averaging 10 targets per game with at least nine in every single game. Plus, he's giving you at least 13 fantasy points every week. I, I think he has a safe floor, and he's already shown us he has more of a ceiling than that. As much as we've been hyping up these pass catchers in Washington, he is the one guy it seems like they can consistently get the ball to week in and week out, whether it's through short throws, whether it's running the football. So I just think he's always going to have the ball in his hands. And this is kind of what we thought he would be when he first got to Washington. He just wasn't healthy. Uh, now he's healthy and on the field, and, and it looks pretty good from him. Uh, for me, I think it's time to just expect week-to-week -week volatility from Devontae Adams. I mean, uh, week one, he had the huge game for the Raiders, and we thought, all right, here we go. This is what it's going to be. Everything's going to be great. Week two, he sort of disappeared. He didn't see the ball a whole lot. Then in week three, he got a lot of work early, caught the touchdown early in the ball game, and it felt like, okay, well, we're back to it with Devontae Adams. But then in the second half, Really nothing to speak of, didn't have a ton of yards, just wasn't a big part of the Raider passing game. Was Mac Hollins getting work, uh, Darren Waller, of course, getting some targets. They were spreading the ball around a little bit. Florio, in Green Bay, we knew that Aaron Rodgers was going to find Devontae Adams regardless. It didn't matter if he was open or not. They were going to get him the ball. It feels like Derek Carr is more committed to spreading the football around and maybe it means Devontae Adams doesn't just get this ridiculous target share like we saw for years in Green Bay. It feels that way, and it feels like a mistake. I mean, the Raiders are the only 0-3 team in the NFL right now, and their their big offseason acquisition is just putting up pedestrian numbers the last two weeks. Like, let's go back to week one when he threw him the ball, what was it, 19 times or something like that? Like, <laughs> especially in, like near the goal line. Like, he excels at short yard touchdowns. And, like, yesterday they were throwing to Mac Hollins. Darren Waller and throwing to Darren Waller. I love Darren Waller. One went through his hands. It was an interception and one bounced off of him and, and cost him the two point play. So I don't know. Throw the ball more to Devontae Adams. I also feel like if I'm a, an opposing defensive coordinator, I will dare you to beat me with Mac Hollins. I don't want you to beat me with Devontae Adams. If I give up 19 targets to Devontae Adams and lose, that's on me. If I give up a ton of targets to Mac Hollins and the Raiders beat me, well, you tip your cap and you just say, hey, you guys played a really good game today. Uh, last one. So we go from, again, we go from a former Packer wide receiver to a current Packer wide receiver that we can get excited about. Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers has found his new number one wide receiver. Not saying he's going to replace Devontae Adams, but say hello to Romeo Dobbs, everyone. Yesterday, eight targets, eight catches, 73 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, 34 routes. He was targeted on 24% of them. He had 144 passer rating when targeted. All of that led the Packers wide receivers. The only thing he can get better at, I think, is being used downfield more, but that'll come. The thing we always talk about with Rodgers and his receivers is trust. Yesterday, a national TV game against the GOAT. You know Rodgers wanted that one, and he trusted Dobbs. And then after the game, a reporter was like, this is the first receiver since early 2018 to have eight catches in a game that's not named Devontae Adams. And Rodgers was just like, wow. 
I, I think Dobbs won him over yesterday. <laughs> That's amazing that Rodgers was surprised. I don't think I don't think he realized how much he leaned on Devontae Adams. I guess until he got that note. So Romeo Dobbs looks like he's here. We got excited about him in the preseason, and so far it looks like it's starting to translate a little bit. Take a look at the top performers for week three. Lamar Jackson doing it again. 39 fantasy points for him. Khalil Herbert, the huge day in David Montgomery's absence. Nearly 31 fantasy points for him. A couple of rushing touchdowns. Devontae Smith went kaboom against Washington. Uh, 30.9 points for him. Mark Andrews continues to look like the tight end one. 28.9. Greg Zerline, four field goals. That's 16 points. And the Eagles defense getting it in against the Commanders with 18 fantasy points there. But let's talk some of the top performers. One, which, uh, you know, I'll let you take a little humble brag on this. You can take a, a short victory lap with Marquise Brown because uh, you were sort of on him this week as, as going to do some big things for the Cardinals, and they got him involved. They, they didn't win because they've got other issues. But at least from, from our standpoint, Marquise Brown uh, did the thing on Sunday. Yeah, I, I love the 17 targets, I, I 14 catches, 140 yards. Awesome. I, I just want to see some more downfield shots with him. They're using him like – a traditional X receiver. And I'm like, that's cool. He can do that. But like, that's not why you traded for him. He's one of the best field stretchers in the league. So maybe take a couple of deep shots per game with him. But I think you have to feel great about Marquise Brown doing this against Jalen Ramsey in a tough secondary. I do wonder, maybe we start to see more downfield stuff once DeAndre Hopkins comes back and they can kind of uh, diversify a little bit. But I'm with you. I think that part of the game has not come yet, uh, but I think it's, it's definitely going to come. Derrick Henry, I'm going to take a small victory lap on this one. I think, I think we could do this as a group, right? Because I feel like everybody uh, in the industry was saying the Derrick Henry game was coming. We all knew it. You can't keep that guy down very long. Had uh, a nice day against the Raiders, the 85 rushing yards and a touchdown. But Florio, six targets, five catches, 58 yards. Derrick Henry legitimately is part of the passing game. Maybe that's because their wide receivers are nothing to write home about. But I don't care why it's happening. I'm just excited that it's happening. Yeah, I, I mean, 20 yards and a, 20 carries and a touchdown, yeah, that's a normal Derrick Henry day. But six targets, like you said, five catches, 58 yards, like that is something to get excited about. That, I think, gives him a easy path to being the RB1 if he gets pass game usage like that every week. I, I know everybody's sort of touting the fact that it looks like a zero RB year because we got a, got a, a lot of guys near the top of the leaderboard that weren't drafted very highly. I mean, I, I take that for what it's worth. But I think by the time we get to the end of the year, you're going to see a lot of the familiar names. You'll see the Nick Chubbs. You'll see the Derrick Henrys. So if it hasn't happened early, I think it'll happen later. It's a long season. Got a long way to go. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looking good. The Jaguars looking good as a team. We've been talking about James Robinson the first couple of weeks for understandable reasons. But Trevor Lawrence doing it in a really nice way against the Chargers on Sunday. Some of this, I think, is the quarterback. Some of it, I think, is the head coach. But are, are we ready to say Trevor Lawrence is, I'm not going to say a solid QB1, but maybe a fringe streamable QB1 now? I, I think so. I, I think that he brought that upside coming into the season, and he's finally uh, like taking advantage of it. I, I think we have to just give him a complete pass for his rookie year with Urban Meyer and everything that went wrong last season. But I, I know, and again, it's easy to say, like, oh, they beat. The, the Chargers with a hurt Justin Herbert. Well, that defense is still healthy, and they're still one of the better defenses in football. And Trevor Lawrence played great against him, 262 passing yards, three touchdowns. I think he's looking more and more comfortable every week. He's going to remind people why he's a generational talent. And even better, like, we know every game who his fantasy pieces are going to be. It's going to be Christian Kirk. It's going to be James Robinson in the backfield. And it looks like it's going to be Zay Jones as the secondary receiver. Yeah, Zay Jones playing really well. I loved he had his touchdown celebration, which he he basically copied all the great Chargers. He you know did the uh, Ladanian Tomlinson ball flip, and he followed it up with the Sean Merriman lights out dance. So uh, Zay Jones uh, knows his Charger history and <laughs> was studying and getting ready for the week. So those were the guys that were on the good. Now the guys who were on the bad. Our biggest disappointments of the week, and Florio, yours might have been the biggest disappointment in fantasy football this week. Yeah, I, I know earlier you said oh, we're going to hear it's a zero RB season. Well, not if you drafted Justin Jefferson in the first round right now. You might be wishing you took a running back. Six targets, three catches, 14 yards, two disappointing games in a row for Justin Jefferson. This is on his offense, right? Like, I get it. He had a, a really good cornerback opposite of him 
He is Justin Jefferson, though. You have to throw the ball to him more than six times a game, especially when your other options are like Adam Thielen, Erd Smith. No offense to those guys. They're just not Justin Jefferson. They can't do what he can do. We saw what he could do in week one when he threw him the ball 11 times and he went for nearly 200 yards and two scores. There's going to be better days ahead for Justin Jefferson. I still value him as one of the absolute best receivers in fantasy, but week three was a rough go for him. It was a rough go. Now, for me, I feel like this sort of turns to Kevin O'Connell now because it's been two weeks in a row that Jefferson has been underwhelming. It's now on the coach to try and manufacture some more easier opportunities to get him going because he is a big part of the offense. He, Dalvin Cook, those are the guys that really make this thing go. So I'm curious to see what Kevin O'Connell does in the weeks ahead to sort of try and jumpstart Justin Jefferson because if he's not playing well, it's going to be hard for the Vikings to win. For me, Joe Mixon, a huge disappointment. Maybe not as big a disappointment as Justin Jefferson was, but just didn't see much out of Joe Mixon on a day where the Bengals offense finally looked like it was clicking a little bit. 12 carries, 24 yards, just three catches for 14 yards. Still doesn't have a touchdown this season. I'm, I'm talking this up as just to kind of a one-week thing for Joe Mixon, but still, it was a bad game in a, on a day where you thought better things were coming. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm panicking too much about it. I'm just, I think I'm just being salty right now, Florio. <laughs> I, I loved his workload the first two weeks of the season. Did not love it yesterday. I, I know he's dealing with like a little ankle injury if you have him. Uh, could be smart to grab some AJ Ryan with them on the short week, but I'm with you, Marcus. I drafted Mixon in one league, and I'm looking at him the first three weeks, and I'm like, the usage has been there the first couple weeks, but, like, where is the production that we signed up for? Yeah, it has not come just yet, as you mentioned. A short week, the Bengals play the Dolphins on Thursday night football. That could be a a really interesting game. The Dolphins playing well. The Bengals looking like they're maybe turning some things around. So looking forward to, to checking that one out. Anyway. Clearly, there were some mistakes made over the weekend. We'll get to a few of them that you sent us at NFL Fantasy. From uh, FOMS21, put that up there, uh, about starting the Chargers defense. Let's see, do we have it? Let me see if I can pull this up. Uh, here it is. Oh, there it is. Starting the Chargers <laughs> D. That was, all, that was the whole tweet. Uh, I mean, I guess I get it, but I, I don't know. I feel like we can't just pick on the Jaguars offense, Florio. Like, I know it's been easy in the past. I don't think that's the case anymore. No, I don't, I don't think so either, especially, again, like, I, I've been high on this Chargers defense. I know they're not fully healthy, but they're a tough matchup, and to see Lawrence and the Jags do what they do, give them credit. Absolutely. Next one, this one from Hype Squad 76 not starting Devontae Smith. That's on you. <laughs> that, like, like, you know, sometimes we get these tweets and I feel bad for the people. This one's on you. Devontae Smith had a good week in week two. The commander's defense is not very good. I, I don't know. I don't know that I have any sympathy here. That, that's, a, that's an unforced error. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. And he's throwing him the Batman cape on. I, I had him ranked as a wide receiver three coming into the year, but I think he deserves a boost because Jalen Hurts is playing way better than anticipated playing lights out the first few weeks of the season and yes I did not expect Devontae Smith to go for a buck 69 and a touchdown but I did think he was going to have a big day Washington has not shown an ability to stop anybody so that that that's operator error on that one uh let's go on to the next one uh this one from A. Sedinsky or A. Sedinsky I don't know uh, not playing Christian Kirk after I played him week one and week two well what happened why that's- wouldn't you go back to him that's another it. one that's on you. Like, he's been great. I And if you, you can't even blame the rankings. I had him ranked as a, as a top 10 wide receiver despite the matchup. So, there's another user error, I think, Marcus. Yeah, it's definitely user error here because, Christian, you played him in week one and week two, and you saw what he was doing. So, what made you think, nah, we're not going to do that again? <laughs> that's, on, that's on you again. That's, that's, that's operator error there. And let's see, you got one last one. This one from Stuart Taylor. Dropping Brees Hall and Tyler Boyd. Why? I guess, I, I guess I'd have to ask, who did you pick up in their place? But I don't know why you would drop certainly Brees Hall, but either, also Tyler Boyd. Why would you drop either of those guys? I don't get that one. Yeah, especially the Brees Hall thing. Like, what had happened the last couple of weeks to be like, you know what? I'm going to give up on my fourth round pick. It's just, I, I don't know. what. Maybe you were expecting Brees Hall to get, what, Najee Harris type usage? That, that's, that was not... 
wise thinking because we knew that was never going to be the case. So I don't I don't understand that one. Uh, we do have one last rookie mistake, and this one comes courtesy of Bills offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey. Although I will say this. It got a lot of run on social media, understandably, as we show uh, roll the video. At the end of the game, Ken Dorsey just rage quits like uh, a surly preteen in Madden, slamming his <laughs> helmet down, smashing the laptop, and throwing papers everywhere. Uh, but I would imagine, Florio, that's pretty much how Bills fans felt at the end of the game, too. I do love that, like, someone at the last second is, like, covers up the camera. <laughs> They're like, oh, man, this, this is being recorded right now. I get it, though. Like, they, they ran out the clock poorly at the end of the game. They had a situation at the end of the first half where they botched a field goal attempt. They, they missed a field goal. You lose by two points. You're, you're, it's like when you keep missing the kick or something in Madden, you just, like, throw the controller at the end of the game. I do also enjoy that all the other coaches around him really weren't phased by it. It was sort of like, <laughs> yeah, we've seen this before. This is just Ken, like, doing his angry thing because none of the other coaches really – they kind of looked up for a second and then went back to what they were doing, and uh, it was all good. But you're right. We all need a friend who will cover up the camera when we are <laughs> losing our stuff uh, at the end of the day. <sighs> all right. It's good to take another break right now. We'll step away for a moment, come back, and talk about some guys who – Maybe I was feeling a certain way. Maybe they're not bad, but they're also not great. We'll dive into that a little bit. We'll search our feelings. Uh, we'll talk about our emotions next on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have... Hair plugs. I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like, check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping your hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot. And now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. You go into your shower feeling tired. 
But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. NFL Plus is the league's new exclusive video streaming subscription service. NFL Plus has your game day covered with live, local, and primetime regular season and postseason games right on your phone or tablet. NFL Plus is available in the NFL app and at NFL.com. Subscription plans start at just $4.99 per month. Fans can visit plus.nfl.com and sign up for a free trial of NFL Plus today. Time now to take the pulse of how we're feeling about some guys that have not been terrible but have not been great either. I got five guys here who we may feel some kind of way about. So let's kind of get into it, Florio. Let's start with Austin Eckler. This is a guy that in most leagues probably went with a top three, certainly a top five pick. Coming into Monday night, he was the RB13, has yet to score a touchdown. He hasn't been terrible, but it definitely isn't what you signed up for. So how are we feeling about Eckler? Uh, not great right now, but also not super panicked. Like, I don't understand what happened yesterday. Four carries for five yards. Like, that's on the coaching staff. You just got to get this guy more usage. He has 80 rushing yards through three games right now. Uh, that will get better, I believe. The the volume, the pass-catching volume has saved in the last two games. But after scoring 20 touchdowns last year, uh, we knew regression would hit. Didn't think it would be like this. That said, though, Marcus, I would trade for him right now. He gets the Texans. Uh, Broncos, Seahawks, Falcons, all within the next five weeks. So uh, try to buy low on Austin Eckler, I would say. Definitely some good matchups coming. The thing that has concerned me most, though, is that we've seen a lot of Sony Michelle getting opportunities. I did not anticipate that. I thought Michelle was going to be kind of an insurance policy, but it appears that the Chargers are going to use him maybe to try to keep Eckler fresh. Uh, we'll see how it works out. If they're not winning ball games, though. It's time to get Eckler back on the field. Staying in the division, Clyde Edwards-Alaire has been 
pretty good fantasy wise, but the usage is really weird. Here's here's a stat that I don't think we're used to seeing. Clyde Edwards-Alaire yesterday had more touchdowns than rushing yards. He had one <laughs> rushing touchdown, zero rushing yards. Jarek McKinnon played more snaps. I can't figure this out. I don't know. I don't know. How are we feeling about CEH? Confused. Like, week one, I, he had a lot of usage early on, and then it was a blowout. So we could say, oh, the starters got pulled. Week two, he had a lot of usage early on. His knee got stepped on. That was an excuse we could use. Week three, it was the same thing, though. A lot of usage early on. The second half was a lot of Jarek McKinnon. I think it's officially concerning. I do like uh, that he's getting usage in the passing game and near the goal line, but I think right now with the usage, his ceiling is being an RB2. It's just it's very strange because the production has been there. The usage is very all over the place. And it's weird because Jarek McKinnon's not doing much with his opportunities. It's not like we can look at McKinnon and say, hey, man, let's go get this guy off the waiver wire. He's really done nothing. So it makes me wonder why they're not using Edwards Elaire more. Another running back, Raheem Mostert down in Miami. Early on, it looked like maybe he was sort of taking over the backfield there. Maybe he'd get more opportunities than Chase Edmonds. Sunday was really nowhere to be found. I know we didn't have high expectations for Raheem Mostert. He was a late-round draft pick if he got drafted at all. But what are we thinking three weeks in about Mostert and his usage and his potential? Yeah, I, I don't feel great about any of the Dolphins running backs. Mostert yesterday did play more snaps. He played about 60% of the snaps. He had two more carries than Edmonds and an extra target. But uh, the two touchdowns went to Chase Edmonds. I, I came away from yesterday thinking that Edmonds and Mostert at best are flex options right now. Probably guys you want to leave on your bench. I, I drafted Mostert in a few spots. I actually had to start him in a league. Although... I I say I had to start him in the league. I, I started him over Ramondre Stevenson, and I'm kicking myself for that decision. I'm not excited about him, but I'm also scared to drop him right now just because who knows what happens in that Mike McDaniel offense if he gets it going. But it's really hard to say that he's a usable piece uh, at this point. Dawson Knox, a guy that we loved coming into this year, had the huge year last year, was very touchdown heavy this year, no touchdowns. But more importantly for me, Florio, the target share is kind of all over the place because outside of Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen is really spreading the football around. We need tight ends. We're always looking for tight end help. So how are we feeling about the Dawson? Very worried. I think at best he's a low-end tight end one who's very touchdown dependent. Like you said, Stefan Diggs is getting – the bulk of the targets there. And then, like, Dawson Knox is struggling to get targets where Gabe Davis missed week two and was kind of limited yesterday due to the ankle injury. Isaiah McKenzie's getting more work. The running backs have been heavily involved in the passing game. I think it's very much so time to worry about Dawson Knox. I mean, I knew that him scoring that same number of touchdowns this year might be tough, but I really thought they were going to integrate him more into the passing game. But it really has been spread out across so many options there in Buffalo that it is going to be hard to sort of pinpoint when it's going to be a Dawson Knox game. Last one, Rashad Penny, who a lot of folks love sort of in the middle rounds. I don't know if he was – I guess he kind of fell sort of in that RB dead zone, but sort of toward the end of it a little bit. We know that, in theory, the Seahawks want to run, although you made the point that so far Seattle's actually throwing the ball at a higher rate now with Geno <laughs> Smith than they did before – with Russell Wilson, so go figure that one out. Uh, Rashad Penny, he's been okay. How are we feeling about him? Not great. Uh, I, I think he's a flex option. I was one of those people who was higher on Penny than much than most, and yesterday was a great game script for him. It was a good matchup. It was a close game throughout. He played almost 70% of the snaps. He had 14 uh, carries, but he's not getting much usage in the passing game at all. Uh, the Seahawks are passing the ball just way more than anticipated, higher than league average, uh, more than the Broncos, like you said. So I think right now, uh, I don't know if I'm dropping Penny just yet, but I think he's like a flex guy that that I'm hard-pressed to start. It, it has to be like a great matchup. The Seahawks threw the ball 44 times on Sunday. I didn't think that Pete Carroll would let Geno Smith do that, but apparently they're on the let Geno cook uh, train right now so we'll see how that turns out but Rashad Penny is sort of underwhelming through the first three weeks of the season all right let's get some of your top waiver wire targets for the week Florio Trevor Lawrence atop the quarterback list he's just been playing really well Marcus Mariota there who can always give you value with his legs Ryan Tannehill who is doing the same 
And then Jacoby Brissett, because he gets the Falcons next week if you need help in like a super flex or something like that. At the running back position, Khalil Herbert, uh, Alexander Madison, Jamal Williams. We spoke about all of those guys already. And then Ramondre Stevenson, who's looking like he's taken over. And J.D. McKissick there for Washington. Some wide receivers, Romeo Dobbs, uh, the top wide receiver there in Green Bay. Zay Jones, who's been getting a lot of usage. Michael Gallup as a stash. Isaiah McKenzie, Devontae Parker, Jacoby Myers. I know you have to pay attention to Mac. Uh, Jones injury there, Mac Hollins, and then some tight ends, David Njoku, who's playing great, Tyler Conklin, and the rookie, Jelani Woods. Yeah, Woods with a couple of touchdowns uh, for the Indianapolis Colts this past week. And by the way, if you want uh, a little bit deeper analysis on some waiver wire options, be sure to check out Matt Okada's column. You can find that every week at NFL.com slash waiver wire. Let's talk about some guys, though, that did appear on this list. We talked a little bit about Khalil Herbert. I admit that I was not really big on the Khalil Herbert train because I thought David Montgomery was going to get a ton of work. But there were a lot of other people out there who definitely advocated to uh, draft Khalil Herbert. Our pal Jake Seeley was very much on that train as well. So, look, I'll I'll take the L on this one. Maybe I should have listened because, Florio, it looks like Khalil Herbert really is going to carve out a decent-sized role for himself, even, I think, when Montgomery is back. Yeah, unfortunately, if you drafted David Montgomery, but hopefully Khalil Herbert is still out there on waiver wire. 61% of the snaps in week three, 20 carries. Uh, he had two targets as well, went for 160, over 160 yards, 31 PPR points. You have to love what you got out of Herbert yesterday, and he will very much so be a starter if David Montgomery misses time. Over to Marcus Mariota. You mentioned he's a guy that we sort of love because he can get you points with his legs. I don't think it's pretty. I don't think it's exciting. But Florio, the Falcons offense isn't terrible. And some of that is actually owed to Mariota getting the ball out to Drake London. Kyle Pitts did his thing a little bit yesterday. So maybe it's time we stop sleeping on Mariota. Yeah, he doesn't have 230 passing yards in a game yet this season. But he does have rushing touchdowns in two of the three. And because of that, he scored Uh, Almost 16 fantasy points and 20 fantasy points in those two games. He's never going to blow the doors off or be a top five fantasy quarterback, but he could be one of those fringy streaming options every week just because of his legs. And then David Njoku, because we always want some help at tight end. I will admit that Jacoby Brissett has exceeded my expectations so far this season. And with a matchup against Atlanta, guys like Amari Cooper and David Njoku feel very much in play in week four. Yeah, the only tight end who was better in week three was Mark Andrews. And I think Njoku, he balled out himself. Like, he, we know he has the talent. He just needs to get the weekly volume. So seeing it come his way the last two games, got to love that. And he's a tight end. So I very much still think he's worth uh, taking a shot on his upside right now. By the way, you have Tyler Conklin on your list of waiver wire tight ends. He's the tight end three. Three right now. I don't think the Jets have had a viable fantasy tight end in my lifetime. And now they got Tyler Conklin. Weird. Just getting like eight targets every single game. I can't. I, you know, it just it kind of <laughs> snuck up out of nowhere. I just shout out to, to our pal Derek Brown, D-Bro, for pointing that out on Twitter, that uh, Tyler Conklin right now is the tight end three. If you are adding guys, of course, that means you probably have to be saying goodbye to some guys on your roster. So who for you is a player that can be put back in the free agent pool? Uh, someone that had a lot of hype coming into this year. I, I think it's Darnell Mooney. And if I told you that yesterday Darnell Mooney had 11 targets, four catches, and 27 yards, you'd say that was a disappointing week. Those are his numbers on the season. The entire season. Like, it, it is bad. There, he's Justin Fields is averaging 15 uh, pass attempts per game right now. There was quarterbacks, multiple of them yesterday, who had more passing attempts in the week than Fields had on the year. And three games in, I think we had to just say that this is who the Bears are, and really you just want their running back, and that's it for fantasy purposes. I know Adam Rank keeps trying to you know, tell us that they're calling more passing plays. Maybe they are, but it's just not translating into what we see on the field. And so because of that, Darnell Mooney has not produced. Cole Komet had, what, I think he had two catches yesterday, which is his first two catches of the year. It has been just a disaster for the Bears passing game the first couple of weeks, first three weeks of the season. Maybe it gets better, but not anytime soon. So, yeah, probably time to say goodbye to this Darnell Mooney. Also say goodbye to Mike Gesicki, who I was surprised to see yesterday was still on about 40% of rosters on NFL.com. That very much surprised me. And 
he had the one halfway decent week. Week one, he was nowhere to be found. Week two, he had a few targets and put together a decent game. Week three, he went back to being persona non grata. I think there were uh, eight plays in which he was a blocker and nine plays on which he ran routes, or maybe it was flipped. Either way, the point being, he's just not involved as much in the passing game. It's very much going through Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill, even with a little River Craycraft thrown in there, it seems. But Mike Gesicki at this point – even in a world, Florio, where we need tight ends, Mike Gesicki, as the kids say, he ain't it. Yeah, it, it is way too funneled of a passing attack there with, with Waddle and Hill and, and Gesicki learning how to play tight end and learning how to block right and stuff. It's just not worth the headache. So one that I have a question about, and I put this out on Twitter, about Allen Robinson, because it just has not been great for him the first three weeks of the season. We talked a lot about that week one. Then week two, he scored a touchdown. Maybe should have had two touchdowns. Week three, he went back to being on a milk carton again. So I asked the question, is Allen Robinson droppable? 72.2% of people who responded said, yes, he is. The other 27.8 said, no, he is not. But yesterday, it was a lot of Ben Skoranek. Uh, Robinson dropped the pass near the goal line. He just looked kind of, I don't know, uninterested at times. Florio, we all had high hopes for him. He was drafted, I think, by the end of draft season, probably pushed up to like the fifth or sixth round. Are we ready to give up on him just yet? Uh, my heart wants to be, but no, I guess my brain wants to be, but my heart won't allow me to be. Uh, I, like, I, you look at what he's done so far this year through three games, target share, air yard share, catch rate, air yards per target, yards per route. They're all worse than they've been in the last four seasons, even worse than they were last year. Uh, I think you bench him, but I'm, I don't know, Marcus. I'm just, I'm hesitant to drop him just yet. I want to give him at least another week or so, but, but what's most concerning to me is what you said. Like he looks uninterested out there. And like, I, I know we said this last year in Chicago when we were like, it's because he doesn't like the system and he didn't want to play on the franchise tag. He's in a great system now with a, the best quarterback he's played with getting paid a bunch of money and he still looks uninterested. That is, that is very concerning. I, I can't give up on him. I can't do it, but it's it's hard right now. It's He is unplayable until further notice because we know Cooper Cup's going to get his, Tyler Higby's working in, and like I said, Ben Skoranek has had a couple of games where he's getting a decent target share, so until I see more out of Robinson, I can't play him, but I'm with you. I can't drop him either. He's too talented. The offense as a whole has so much potential that I just – I can't do it right now, so I'm I'm holding on to him, is, and I may get burned by it. But this is it. Is he Kenny Galladay just on a better team? That's my fear. I I hope it's not that bad. <laughs> I hope it's not that bad because Kenny Galladay is is unplayable. He's unrosterable in fantasy, and the Giants. He's he's an anchor on the Giants' uh, <laughs> offense and the organization. At least Allen Robinson ostensibly still has some value. So I don't I don't want it to get that bad. Please, please don't let it be that bad. Doing something new this week, we'd like to call the Madden Movers. Taking a look at the Madden rankings that come out. They're updated every single week. And two of last week's big movers are playing in tonight's Monday Night Football game. Cowboys kicker Brett Maher was a plus four overall. Giants wide receiver David Sills moved up one in his rankings. And like I said, they both play on Monday night. So I decided to take that and we can talk about which guys we think are going to make big moves Coming up this week after what we saw on Sunday. So for you, who gets a big boost in his Madden rating? I went with the cheat code way of just taking rookies who are usually undervalued uh, early on. But it's Chris <laughs> Olave for me. I know he's a 76 in the game. This guy needs to be in the 80s, maybe even higher. Uh, last week, 307 air yards. He broke Twitter with that. 182 this past week. When Jameis Winston feels pressure, he just heaves it downfield to Chris Olave. Uh, 13 targets, nine catches, 147 yards. Marcus, this is the second week he's been their top target, which has me kind of questioning, at what point do we value him as the top guy and not Michael Thomas? That is a good question. I know Thomas a little bit banged up. I think he's got a foot issue. But either way, Chris Olave, very much a part of the passing game. And because Jameis likes to throw those YOLO balls, downfield targets are always going to be available for him. So I'm going to go Mac Hollins, and he's a 70 overall. I don't expect some major boost. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Mac Hollins needs to be in the 80s. This is a guy who's been around the league a little bit uh, and really has never carved out a true role for himself. But 
the last two weeks, he's done some nice things. Obviously had the huge game on Sunday for the Raiders in that loss to Tennessee, but even the week before had 80 receiving yards. Now, what happens to Mac Hollins once Hunter Renfro is healthy and back and maybe they get Devontae Adams some more targets? Who knows? But at least for the last couple of weeks, Mac Hollins doing some things there in Las Vegas. I'll ask you this. I know he's available, obviously, pretty much in every league, I think, on the waiver wire. If you were playing, would you spend a lot of fab on him? Is it worth kind of blowing your fab budget? Maybe not blowing your fab budget, but spending a good chunk on Mac Hollins. I, I don't think so because of, of Hunter Renfro's ultimate return. When he comes back, I, I think Hollins is at best fourth in the target and pecking order. But I think right now, if you're in a deeper league or something like that, go out and take a flyer on him just in case Hunter Renfro misses more time. Or just in case, for whatever weird reason, it ends up becoming a thing. I don't think it will long-term, but, you know, stranger things have happened. So that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, give 100% in everything you do, unless you're donating blood. Be safe, take care of yourselves, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, Tanner girl, go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.